Hi, you're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm joined by the amazing Olivia Heymond. Hey, guys. We are so excited as we jump into Valentine's Day this weekend that we absolutely had to start our episode off with reaching romantic depths for each type. Oh, man, this is going to be a very interesting episode. We had that Instagram post that you put out on the Enneagram Marriage or Enneagram and Marriage Instagram page, excuse me, and um, people had some very interesting comments about the date nights. So I am interested to see what we're going to get into and what the reactions are going to be. Me too, because pursuing those romantic depths might even bother some types where they're like, please don't pursue me. Please don't go to the depths with me. But I wanted you guys to know as we head into this episode, we are going to play it safe and fun. So we know we're not going to push you too hard. But I do want to talk a little bit about this weekend because it's Valentine's and I was thinking about my plans and Olivia and I were just bantering about the hallmarkiness of Valentine's Day. So some of you are probably not celebrating and boycotting even. Do you do that sometimes, Olivia? Honestly, I've never had a reason to celebrate Valentine's Day. So I'm always like, (laughs) oh my gosh, I like have to stay off Instagram because it just gets so like intense and you just sit here and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, even the people that you like know for a fact don't have a good relationship and they're acting as if like everything's super mm-hmm. and I'm like oh goodness it's it's almost like when we were talking about um Christmas and Hallmark movies and how it kind of creates like an unrealistic expectation yes. I think it's sort of similar with Valentine's Day not to blame Hallmark mm-hmm. but to kind of put things in perspective Oh my goodness. I've known so many types and I think it's really threes, sixes, and maybe a few other types who really say, come on, let's not put the pressure on to that level or I'm not doing this because just somebody made this up randomly that I should. And we can all go back to the old saints who we we can remember their stories and how there's really good motivations and reasons for celebrating Valentine's Day. Some people just aren't going to go with it. And I love that Olivia brought up the Instagram and Facebook fakeness that comes out this time of year. So I want to just dialogue with her a little bit about that as we're thinking about the romantic depths because social media is so everything nowadays and people can really take it either too far or their spouse can be very hurt. Have you heard of that too, Olivia, where people are hurt because their spouse hasn't been thinking about them or talking about them on social media? Honestly, I don't know anyone that's personally said, oh, my spouse was really upset because I didn't go all out on social media for them. But I do know certain types tend to kind of overplay their mm-hmm. relationship or their um, like trying to make it look like everything's really together when you definitely know it's not. And it's like almost to sort of self-soothe a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I have seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just sort of depends. I see it around Christmas, too. Mm-hmm. To be honest, there's a lot of, um, you know, engagements or like things happening or meeting the other person's family for the first time and stuff. And so it's always very like um, intense and kind of overdone. And so it ends up kind of being like for those of us watching, we're like, um, <laughs> we're so over it. Like we can't mm-hmm. deal with another one of these like engagement posts or this or that. Mm-hmm. Not that we're not excited for you, mm-hmm. but it just gets a little intense over the holidays and Valentine's Day, especially. Right. And you guys are going to have to remember Olivia's coming at this and everything from a troubleshooter personality. Yes. <laughs> so she's seeing ahead and what this could mean for you if the insecurity gets the best of you and then you post and then you have all these high expectations for this perfect 
engagement or marriage, or in this case, perfect Valentine's Mm -hmm. Day, and then it's really subpar, and you've just set yourself up for that, and somebody finds out because they find out you really weren't out to eat at this fancy restaurant. So anyway, we're going to try to give you some tips to help you to actually have a real good time, whether you share about it on social or not. But I do want to give you this little tip. Talk with your spouse if you really want them to post on social media about you, because that's a really important nonverbal a lot of people could miss and never even really process that that is so everything to you. What I think is really funny about that comment is I hear this so often from like the girl's perspective of if I say what I want, then it feels like it's like disingenuous when they do it. You know what I mean? Yes, I hear this a lot in sessions. is it like, I don't know, if we don't want to say, oh, hey, can you do X, Y, and Z? Can you post on social media for me? Can you do this? How do we kind of take that? Because it kind of feels like we basically told them what to do and now it's like, it's done and you're like, eh. Well, it didn't. It wasn't like what I wanted because I wanted you to think of it, sort of a thing. So, how? What would you say to someone that's like, "Well, I don't want to say." Yeah, I have to answer this all the time, and most of the people who say that have sort of an assertive part of them, and they really want certain things, and that means they actually want some control over their spouse. I always say, you can't control your spouse. If you want something, you have to ask. And I'm sorry that breaks your Cinderella fantasy of the white horse, and we all have to have that fantasy broken at some point. We have to spend. Time processing what we don't have in our mates and grieve that. And then some people don't care at all. So for those people, I would definitely not say go ahead and ask for it because they're just like, I don't care and it's a bonus and it's the icing on the cake if I get it. I really like that perspective, but I also really empathize with the other perspective of, oh, wow, I thought you were more romantic, especially I hear this a lot. At the beginning of our courtship, they used to post about me all the time and now they post about their friends more or their family or they are sharing on their pages and it's really difficult to be in this new culture of everything social media when we don't have as much research about it. We don't know really what to do, but those are my best tips is tell your spouse if you want a post, if it's really important to you. And if it's not, let it be the icing on the cake. And then for those of us who are a little bit skeptical like Olivia, we can scroll on past. We don't have to really engage it too much, but Mm -hmm. we can also show a lot of love and understand that these people are really finding their acceptance and validation sometimes, especially those in the heart triad where it means the world to them to get that post. And we're not judging them, but we're just saying we can kind of see right through it sometimes. So that makes us a little uncomfortable, right? Yes, definitely. There, <laughs> It is uncomfortable is the perfect word for that. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole expectations thing, mm-hmm. again, is a huge issue. So what would we do for, like, like we were saying, those in the heart triad that maybe really love those extra actions or um, kind of like acts of service. I would I would call a social media post an act of service, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you do to manage expectations around Valentine's Day? Because I know personally some people expect like a full-on huge like outpouring of of love and everything else and they want something really nice and fancy and it's like, well, that might not quite be on track with what the other person wants. So what would you say to managing expectations? Well, I try to help them to see the bigger picture that women are by and large the keepers of relationship and males are more based on family survival. So a lot of the time, and it's not always, there's never and always never, but a lot of the times the males I work with, at least they are usually focused in on the big picture of making sure the family has enough money. And so the wives often are looking at that too. I'm not saying they're not. Some of them even do the spreadsheet for 
part of the family, but instinctually they're also even having a crossover maybe more rapidly in their brain activity. I've studied this in our book, Sharon and I's book. We did a book called Gesture Type, and we really had a wonderful time, Dr. Sharon Otis, just examining male and female brain differences. And that was really exceptional for both of us in our work with couples. And we did discover that. So to answer Olivia's question, managing expectations looks like me saying to people, don't forget that as a woman, if this is your strongest desire and heart, you need to be verbal about it because he's not intentionally forgetting. It's just not forefrontal in his mind. There are other family issues that he's thinking about for you. And when they say that and hear that, there's this deep breath and there's this grin. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is my everything moment. Because when I see couples connecting, whether on our Zoom meetings or in person, it's just like, I just love it. You know, I don't take home my sessions, but I do take that home. Because to see that awesome vibe happening, this is going to be so huge for you guys. So yes, make sure you tell them. Remember, you're the keepers of the relationship, ladies. And guys, some of you are too. That's awesome. I want you to step up to the plate, but you're doing big things. You're helping the family survive. If somebody comes to your door in the middle of the night, it's probably going to be you to meet them there. That is so awesome. I love that. I love learning about, you know, like male and female brain patterns and like what what each kind of goes to. So that's so fun. And if you enjoy Mm -hmm. that too. I yes. would definitely be checking out that book. I haven't actually read it yet, so I need to get on that because it sounds like such a great read. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. It's not just about Enneagram. It's about birth order. It's about everything you could think of for oh your gosh. personality types, yes. including male-female brain differences. So, oh my gosh. I yes, love the whole birth order together. thing. Yes. Me so too. interesting. And Sharon's a two, and she's kind of the guru of Christian counseling in our region of Florida. So it was really my honor to work with her on that project and to get her multiple years and degrees of experience during her whole entire career of marriage counseling. So that was a huge blast. I loved it. Yes. But as we move into you guys, I want to approach Valentine's Day and some romantic tips for you guys from the head and heart and body triads, because we haven't talked that much about triads on our show yet. And I thought it was the perfect introduction to give you guys a glimpse into how you can thrive right from your triad. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how each triad works and what types are in each triad first. So the first triad we're going to talk about is the body triad. This is also sometimes called the gut or the anger or the instinct triad. And I know that's a lot of different names, but that's just Enneagram lingo for you guys. You don't need to probably hear more about the depths of that. But if you've heard of yourself as a one, eight, or nine, you'll find you're in that triad. And right now I'm just going to describe it as body slash anger, because I think it's helpful for you to picture that people like ones, eight, and nines often react right from their body in everything they experience. So if they feel um, something, it's going to be felt through the body, not through the head, not through the heart. Now they will get there, especially depending on their type. They may have links to other types where they're like, oh, I'm a one and I also go to four and I go to the heart triad and I also go to seven and I go to the thinking triad. So I love when people are able to move through each, but I do want to let you know that the people in the body triad slash anger triad It's really important for you to realize if you're with them or if you are them, that when you're thinking about how to have a wonderful date together, understand that if you want to be romantic, you have to 
first rid them of their bodily stress because they're carrying anger in their body, all three of those types, ones, eights, and nines. And that could erupt at any moment. And if you weren't careful to know that that's just who they are and they're not trying to be mean, it could really head in the wrong direction quickly on your dates and in your romance. People tell me that all the time. I want to be romantic, but they're a terrible communicator. And the the reason they do that is because they're not as familiar with their triads and they're thinking, oh my goodness, this person doesn't love me. When in fact, their way of feeling safe in the world has always been as a one, eight or nine, that they would first process it through this body. So it's super important that they get their body work and that you know okay, this is not an intentional act of malice toward me. It's just their first response. That's so interesting. I I always was like, what is body work? When we first started um, Mm -hmm. working together, I was like, I have no idea what that is, but we ended up discovering that it's like going to the gym or you even said getting a massage, right? Mm -hmm. Because people in the anger triad sometimes don't enjoy working out. Mm -hmm. Is that what it was? I'm pretty sure. Well, a lot of people in the anger triad, especially ones, don't feel like they can justify working out because they're oh. too busy doing the work. So it's really something you ha- they have to discover for themselves as That's a so one. What do they feel permission to do? Sometimes I can get a one to really work out because they realize for health purposes, they will have a better life and be able to help more people if they work out. And that's an angle that I take from the side with somebody in the one area. But eights do know that they need to work out. They have all this excess energy to burn off. So they often very much want to do it. And sometimes they may be in sloth and kind of lean in on their nine wing or go so far into their five zone that they don't do it and they just have to get back to it. And the nines are usually fun and great about their workouts when you can get them started, but it's hard to get a nine revved up. So each of them presents a little differently in terms of how you can get them their body work. And as a spouse, you can't just say, I'm going to force you into your body work. Here's your morning routine. Now, nines don't mind being poked, but do not do not poke an eight, please. Oh, That's my not going to be good for you. Yeah. Do not poke a one very often, I'll say, because once in a while, they don't mind it if it's in love and if it's genuine, but they want all three be cared about. It's just they have to find their way to their body work themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. I think I've mentioned that to other people and they're like, what is body work? And so I'm thinking someone else probably had the same question that I did. So it's probably yes. good to to answer that really quick before we go into it. I love that. <laughs> and it's just these people are carrying stress in their bodies. So sometimes body work looks like actually even just taking a nap or saying to your spouse or your family member, it doesn't always have to be a spouse. A lot of the times my daughters and I will give each other little five-minute back massages. So it's just, you know, who's there, who's present, who can help you. And my one of my daughters is a nine. And so she really loves her body work, but she also has a hard time getting revved up for it. So it's okay for me to gently say, hey, it's a good time to do that. Why don't you put that on your daily schedule? And she loves it when it's on her daily schedule. If it's not there, she's probably not going to notice. So if you have a nine spouse, it's nice to say, hey, what's your daily schedule look like? Is your body work in that? That's a nicer way than just you need this. You're being rude or lazy, or I can see that you're angry underneath it all. Yeah, that's really good. And also, you can find time to do some of those things together as a couple if you are in that situation and it's not just a random family member. If it is your spouse, then try and find things to do together that can allow each of you to kind of get out that excess stress or, um, you know, work on improving yourself because a lot of things are like, 
you know what, maybe I'm not feeling super great about myself. And we end up kind of getting in that rut. But if you can do something together that helps you and helps your spouse by giving them some time, it's going to be great. It really is. And they're going to be so much more present for your Valentine's Day or whatever kind of romantic fun you're having if they first are able to address what is the stress going on in their own bodies and really work it out, even as Olivia said, with you. I know mm-hmm. some nines who love couples massages and doing fun runs together and just making it a fun experience and peaceful. And I know some eights who love those hardcore workouts and competitions and have been bodybuilders in the past or love the kickboxing gyms. And And I know some ones who would, of course, want to be moderate, but really just want to be balanced in diet. And that could even be part of their body work is making sure they got enough water that day, making sure they did a very simple but strategic workout of 50 push-ups, 50 sit-ups. And it checks the box and it makes them feel efficient because it only took about 15 minutes. That's so interesting. I know. I'm. It's so interesting learning about each type and kind of how they work out stress because, let's face it, the world is stressful. So mm-hmm. by knowing how they deal with stress can be such a key ingredient in kind of not only improving your relationship, but understanding them better. Exactly. And once you get out of the way that your spouse can be controlled and you have to do a date night the certain way and they have to make the post and you can't understand when they react from their body's type, then it really helps you to start saying, okay, we could actually probably have fun together. And I think that's been a huge blessing for me with my one spouse is knowing here's what he's great at, here's what he's not as great at, and I will step in with my gifts where I can. So I do spend a lot of the time during our Valentine's Day planning being the one to plan our fun times out together. And that's okay with me. I'm totally chill with that. I'm sure at the very beginning of our marriage, I can even remember, I would be a little less great with that. I'd be like, wait a minute, why didn't you plan at all? But now I love it. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a seven and I could plan anything, absolutely anything. And it is so much fun and he loves that too. So he's ready. He's pretty much ready for anything as long as I know first he probably has to do some work as a one. So there's your tip on ones. Don't forget they'll probably have to do a little bit of work before they head into that date with you. It will give them self-permission to have an absolute blast. And then also with your eight, make sure you remember that they like being in control not to be rude, but because it makes them feel safe. So they often really want to plan the date for you. And not only that, they really want you to be fully present. Whereas I can get away with something occasionally, and you guys are not going to think this is super great, but it's true. I have kids and occasionally they'll text in or write in and my husband as a one will laugh it off with me. And he doesn't mind, even if I was to get a work text, he really wouldn't mind because ones have such a value for work that he'd be like, oh, Now, if I spent a 30-minute call during our date, he'd probably at that point efficiently say, let's start wrapping it up. (laughs) Right? He wouldn't even be mad. He'd just be like, okay, she's in a different plane. And okay, we had a decent time and we'll go home and maybe have a little more fun. But as far as an eight, please make sure you set everything aside because they want all of you and the ends of the earth are how romantic they can be if you surrender yourself to them for a fun evening. And nines, like I said, they will be going with the flow. They'll be more fun-loving and free on your date. But sometimes if they go too far with that fun, nines really do narcotize out to food and drink. So you can actually pull them back in gently and say, let's move on to something else fun and try to give them a little coaxing if you can't pull them back. Because that's a little known fact about nines is they take it too far sometimes. And so you have to be able to say, 
you know, you haven't been seen or heard. And so I see why you're doing this and your anger is kind of running deep. If they've done their body work, it's not going to come out as much. But if they haven't, you might actually on the date night have to keep moving around so that they don't go a little too far with something. And sevens do that too in a different way, which we'll talk about in a bit. But people don't always know nines and sevens have that in common. So if you have a nine-seven relationship, you guys are having a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, that's I was just about to say seven with like the um the kind of downside of gluttony being an issue. I can kind of mm-hmm. see where that would make sense and connect. Yes, they do. And my daughter and I, we could have a lot of fun together. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to watch it. Oh my goodness, can we roll through episodes after episodes of right now and with an E we just finished together? It was so much fun. So anyway, and she could rewatch as a nine, whereas I'm like moving on here. <laughs> and Olivia is a six, so you could probably rewatch too. Oh yeah. I I literally the other day I realized how many shows I just keep rewatching. I'm like, I haven't seen a new show in like a year. I <laughs> just oh keep rewatching gosh, shows and movies. I yes. love it. <laughs> well, you go to nine in health, so there you go. Yes. It's, it's so, so funny. Cute. I love it. Well, moving on to the heart people, they're often called people in the shame triad, the heart triad, the feelings triad. And those are types two, three, and four. They're all about people and wanting their person to be happy and them also. And they can feel it when you're happy with them. So don't try to tell a two, three, or four that you're not happy when you are. I don't think anyone would really do that or that you especially are happy when you're not because they really do care. They really do want to know what are in the depths of your heart. So as you're approaching your date night, It's important to know this weekend and always anytime you're approaching romance, this is a safe person with whom to share your feelings. Now, I know you know them best, and sometimes you may say, I'm married to a heart-tried person, and when I share my feelings, we can go off too far, so I have to be practical with it. Because sometimes, especially with a four, they might go to the depths with you and stay there. And with a three, they may feel triggered and hurt by your feelings because they've been working so hard to take care of you that they're a little upset. And a two will probably comply if they can. But I do want you to know, I still think you need to be honest because there's no point with a feelings person to try to escape or hide anything. Have you noticed that about your relationships with people in the feelings triad, Olivia? Honestly, I I think it's so funny because the only person that I personally know in the heart triad is my sister Mm -hmm. and um she very much is like kind of do your own thing like if you need me i'm here but i'm not gonna bug you so i I don't have any personal experience with that but yes i can definitely see where they would want to be there with you especially i know hannah obviously your daughter has um in the heart triad so oh my she's, she's always like really that's so upsetting and I'm like you're right it is upsetting thank you <laughs> so yeah. she's great oh my goodness she will go there and she will be harder to get out of it than me and she's noticed the difference she'll say mom you could be really sad about something and then five minutes later you're okay and I'm like well I kind of process it fast and I have my I have my boundaries my daughter not mm-hmm. my spouse here so of yeah. course I'm like dude sometimes I go cry later yeah. but she does I don't mind to show her if I'm crying. I always tell people it's a sign of health to cry things out, especially if it can be brief in front of children, but it's okay to show them that. But yeah, our heart triad people, especially our fours, will go there, but don't expect them to cross back with you as quickly. So it could shift the entire night 
Just say it, though. Tell them how you're feeling. If you're feeling badly, they'll pick up on it. At least let them know why, especially if it's not about them, so they can be like, oh, okay, we can plunge into the depths of romance because they're just upset about something else, and that just gives them added momentum to want to love you well. But especially if it's about them, I would say it, but I would really try my absolute best to say I love you and to give that term of endearment because people in the heart triad process things. Sometimes they go to shame. And just like with the body triad people, they go to anger. These guys might take it on very much in the depths where you might even say, hey, I'm an eight and I just told you that I am upset with you, but let's move on and have a good night. And the two is like, I am sorry, but now I feel misaligned and I'm not going to be able to feel the same because I'm dealing with this from a place of heart and shame. Now I may even be wondering if I'm okay. So it's really important that you guys learn that when you're trying to romance somebody in this triad, that you really make them feel safe with you by telling them that they're enough that you love them, and that even if things aren't perfect on your conflicts, that they are totally safe with you and you're not going anywhere. And they just love that because they're thinking about these self-abandonments and whether they can make it without you at their core. And it's just so nice that you can give them that comfort. But of course, I always want to give them the work too. Don't make it just about them. Please understand God has purposes for you, even if your spouse is having a bad day, or maybe they're being nasty and they're like, no, I'm not going to tell you you're okay. I don't like you. And then you're left with either I'm going to be codependent and do whatever they say, or I'm going to go into deceit, or I'm going to go into a rage and and really just go introverted and and be quietly angry. Or you can say, you know what? It's all right if you don't really think I'm the best because I know that I'm good. I know that God loves me and I know that I'm worthy even if right now you're mad at me. So that's huge and will help you guys so much as you're plunging into these depths. I love thinking about how you could each spend time with each other in your triads and I love thinking about the different combinations. Let's move on to talking about people in the thinking triad and how they blend in with the others. The thinking people are sometimes called the head types, the anxiety types, because, and Olivia and I are both in this type. Yes. <laughs> you guys see a lot of this here. We're thinking really quickly. We're processing. We're laughing a lot. But sometimes we have to work a little harder to get to our feelings. And our spouses may say, where are you at? I cannot tell. You're all over the place. So to get us into those romantic zones, to get yourself into that romantic zone, what's really important is not just that you're honest with your feelings or that you work out your body work, but that you allow yourself that headspace to be healthy with your spouse and be aware of where you're going in your conversations. I think that a lot of the time head triad people are moving so quickly ahead of themselves even and the marriage that the person they're with gets stormed by the overwhelming amount of information. And they say, wow, that five has just given me an entire thesis on Napoleon Bonaparte and we haven't even left the house yet. Or, you know, <laughs> the vibe is off. That six has been worried so deeply and troubleshot everything. And that seven has been so verbose about their great day that I feel like I'll never be able to top that. So there's this sense of pulling back a little and understanding to connect with your heart and your body as a head type really looks beautiful because then you have your thinking and your body and your heart all aligned and your spouse can take a bit of a deep breath with you and say, okay, let's go out and have some fun now. You're, you're okay now. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of times you do sort of bring 
your work or your day with you on your date. And so that's Mm. a big thing is try and leave that alone. That way you can focus on your spouse and not be worrying about, you know, the text you got from your boss or Mm -hmm. um, the email that you have to send out later. It's like you can at least just kind of be focused on them because I think every single triad would probably be very hurt by that at least a little bit or feel like maybe they're not as important or they don't have your attention at that point. Mm -hmm. And some people, like we were saying, ones can sometimes be like, oh, that's cool. No worries. But especially for Valentine's Day, the stakes might be a little (laughs) bit higher. So try and leave work and um, other personal issues at home so you can focus on one another. Exactly. Oh, I love that you brought that in because fives could be okay too, but it's Valentine's Day. Let's, Let's face each other. Let's look at each other threes could be okay but they're going to be a little bit shameful like wait a minute am i not enough for them they're going to go to their work and their phone or their competitive game but better yet thinking try it or not make sure that you are present and focused on your person in front of you so that means not really looking at the phone 24 7 some people even i know take their phone on the date night but then leave it in the car And I've seen movies where that's gone wrong and cars get stolen and all that fun stuff. Oh my gosh. But, and you're probably troubleshooting that right now. Please (laughs) don't leave the phone. I'm like, I'm like, where would I put mine? I put mine in the glove box. Like I'm I'm sitting here thinking about that right now. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But if you have some self-control, you can keep it on your person. You know, you can keep it in your person. Just say, I'm not going to get it out. I'm not going to put it on the table. So these are important things that you can do. So if you're in the thinking triad, I think what's really most important is that you take responsibility for yourself, like Olivia said. Ultimately, we have to be the ones to say, if I had a bad date night, what part did I play in it? And always a do-over. Valentine's Day is not everything. So I have worked with people on their entire Valentine's Day, and sometimes it doesn't always go well. So that's okay, too. Yeah, and I think it's also good to... Yes, it is Valentine's Day and there is maybe a little bit more expected, but also realize that you guys should be treating each other the same, whether it's Valentine's Day or not. And, um, you know, every date night should should hold kind of a special place for you, no matter the day on the calendar. You know what I mean? Yes, it's like absolutely. it's still a time with you and your spouse and you should value that and value one another enough to Um, Like we were saying, leave the phones alone, leave the work calls alone, leave the stuff that happened in the day behind and um, really make an effort to go forward and show your spouse how much you care about them in whatever way you know they appreciate and whatever way you can give as well because of the whole love languages as well. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. That's so everything right now is just thinking about your spouse's love language and going into their type and thinking about what do I know they love? Do they love spontaneity? Maybe they're a seven and they think that's hilarious or a nine and they love that you've been thinking about them and that you know them. Or maybe they're a six who really does not want spontaneity as much but would love a planned date. Right, Olivia? Yes, I know. I'm like, (laughs) I don't know about that. If I don't know how to dress or whatever, that would definitely make me a little bit nervous. And then I'd be Mm -hmm. constantly be feeling like, oh, no, did I not bring something that I need or whatever? So definitely take their type into consideration. Mm -hmm. So... As we think about you rolling into your weekend, make absolutely sure that you are not overdoing or telling your spouse that they have to plan everything for you or making them feel guilty if they didn't plan anything. You plan it. If you want it, plan it. Go for it. Don't feel guilty about it. Your spouse does other things. They're not a villain. You're not a hero. It's just 
this is going to be your time to shine. Try to take that tip I gave you where it gives you a little bit of license and freedom to do what you want. And if you have a spouse who's very sensitive, sometimes they see this with a four where they'll say, I planned everything out and my spouse really did not like it or an eight. Like I said, maybe you shouldn't plan it with an eight as much. But if you are the one, it's your turn. Go back and forth and say, Let's try to be honoring to one another's options. If for some reason you really like to plan, but now it's finally my turn, or you didn't give me any options and you can see that I'm making an effort, try to understand that your spouse isn't your enemy. Try to understand I've got to work with them. They did not plan something I would like to do, but then again, they did go out with me, like Olivia said. I don't have to spend my night on the phone or doing other things, even if I don't think it's the perfect night. Especially try not to look to the left and the right about what people are doing on social media because we are just kind of debunking myths here and telling you it's not always true, right, Olivia? It definitely is not. And I think also about planning, if you feel like they maybe, you know, might not like one thing or another, give them some options. Even if you were to say, okay, um, I'm going to take you out for a nice dinner. We're also going to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you know that what you're going to do after dinner is something that they'll enjoy, but you're not sure about the dinner part, give them a couple options. Or, you know, if you can, I don't know if you can really do this, but you can set reservations at a couple different places if you want to go somewhere a little nicer and make sure that everything is set. And then whatever they decide to do, you know that they're at least going to enjoy that part. And then whatever comes after can be the more fun surprise. If you guys are going to a movie or a fun little game or something like that, at least they got to kind of take part in it, but it wasn't like they had to do everything themselves. Exactly. And it really helps them when you are remembering their triad, when you're remembering they're coming from a place of thinking will get them through. And I know they're processing heavily, but they're probably just a little anxious because they're in the thinking triad or they're a little insecure right now, but I know that's because they're in the shame triad or they're angry right now, but I know that's because they're in the body and just really allowing yourself to stop before you engage conflict with them, it will go a long way. So I love Enneagram for that reason. I love typing for that reason. I try not to type you guys. I try to let you type yourselves because I think you do know a lot about yourselves. But I also love to assist in this area because some of you are listening from a vantage point of weakness right now where you're not in a healthy place together and you're not in a safe place together. You're thinking, I am so protected. I am so defended and guarded right now because my spouse and I are not healthy. And if that's you guys, we want to invite you guys because now through February 13th only, we're closing our cart then. We still have our Just My Type course open for you guys where you get to work interactively with me one-to-one. You get my program in a video basis. You get all these worksheets and you get some awesome bonuses. Olivia put together a fun Spotify list for you guys too. Yes. Oh my gosh. We have our Just My Type playlist. And um, if you want it, you can ask for the link and you we will send that over to you. But it is so much fun. We had a poll or not a poll, a questions yeah, thing on yeah. um, Instagram where we were asking, what is your favorite love song or what is your like wedding song or something like that? A song that means a lot to you guys as a couple. And you guys sent in some really awesome answers. And so a bunch of those are in the playlist as well. So you can see based on other people's types, what song they liked. It's in the Instagram highlights um, under love songs, I believe. Mm-hmm. And and we have a lot of fun there, but we also added some other ones that we know that you will enjoy that describe a lot of different relationships. So super cute and perfect to go along with the course. 
Yes, absolutely. And we just hope that you guys will take advantage of that if you need it right now, because this is one of those times when I'm able to open up my cart and there are going to be times very soon after the 13th, we'll be closing it again so that I can give people that sense of you are part of this tribe in a deeper way. You're going to get the attention you deserve. So if you need that attention right now, also remember that we're doing a special for $25 off with the code Valentine's. So you've got that and you're going to be headed into an amazing weekend because you're not going to judge your spouse. You're going to remember their triad. If you need the extra tips, you're going to go into the course. And otherwise, we're going to be seeing you guys next week with more great tips for you guys. I'm really looking forward to that as we get into talking about each type. So we'll be talking about ones and don't miss out. It's going to be a blast. Yes. See you guys next week. Bye-bye.